Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. TPV Radio. Central Texas. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. This is ARV. Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Brother Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by appointment only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go. At Majel's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Josiah Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio.
Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. What a wonderful, wonderful change that has come over uh, me and you. If you put your hands in God's hands, we are excited and we are blessed of God on today to have a show for you that we believe will minister to broken hearts. We are so grateful to God for the change. Ah, I'm just in I'm just in awe of God and how He does His business. We're so honored today. We're so honored today to have as our guest, as our special, special, special guest, Sister Rosalind Boone Williams and Sister Roberta Jones. And um, I invited my bishop to be on. He said he had some prior things he had to do, but just in case. You know, God sees fit to add him to the pie. Uh, bishop Olin Jesse uh, is my bishop and my leader. Uh, but today, um, first of all, welcome to Rosalind. Rosalind, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Thank you so much. Hey, how are you? Good. Thank you. Sister Roberta, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome, Thank Sister Roberta. Much. Thank you, thank you. Would you like to speak to Sister Rosalind this morning, this afternoon? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Good how are you? I am well, well. I have been thinking about you. Oh, honors. It's an honor. Just Amen. Amen. Sister Rosalind, I need to share a few things with you that I have not had time to, to share. One of the okay. things I want to share with you. That song was not an accident. Your book has changed my whole life. Oh, I, bless I called, you. I called uh, a girlfriend of mine this morning, and I apologized to her. I apologized to her because after reading your book, I realized I had failed. I had failed her because I didn't know how to minister to a person that had a loved one who was incarcerated. I oh, failed. Mommy. And I, I, I just want you to know your book has ministered to me. It's like when I was reading your book, it was not like reading. It was like talking to you. It was like having a conversation one-on-one with you. It was a warm spirit. It was a ministering spirit. And I want you to know many times I went, I came to Boone's place and sat at your table to eat. Oh, my. I, a blessing. It was like. It was like when you went in the kitchen to cook, I was waiting on, on the food to get done. I, I'm, I'm trying to like the food now because I'm really heavy today because this show is so important. So grateful to you and Roberta because many people on today's sisters, they're concerned about whether they have ribs, steaks, pork chops, chicken on their grills. They're concerned about the day being the 4th of July. And I'm yes. so grateful to God that you girls are concerned about another mother, another wife, another individual that might be going through what you have gone through or going through, and you are concerned about their lives. And it's just, I'm in awe of that today. Yes. I'm just in awe of that. Sister Rosalind, I'm not going to hold this up because I want to, I want to hear you today. Uh, I want you and Roberta to know nothing that you are uncomfortable with will be asked of you on today. Today is the day that I just want you to impart to us what you feel comfortable doing. And and so I'll start with you, uh, Sister Rosalind. What made you decide? And and let me, let, before I say this, 
let me encourage those of you who are listening on today. There's a book that Sister Rosalind wrote, and it's called Serving Time COO2. And I want you who will to purchase this book. And Sister Rosalind later can tell you where you can get it. But this book is a must-have. Even if you don't have anyone incarcerated, if you just want something in, enlightening and something spiritual to read, this is your book. This is the book. This is the book of the hour for me. I encourage you to get this book. Now let's go back to the question, Sister Rosalind. What made you decide to publish this memoir? Well, in 1996, my son was arrested, and of course, it was very detrimental to my family. My husband, I had two other daughters, and once he went through the process of jail and then prison, I needed some understanding. My faith was definitely full, but I needed a better understanding, and I needed to express myself, and I started writing little bits here, little bits there, And then I realized not only would I be writing for me, but I will be writing for other mothers, other grandmothers, other aunts, cousins, family members, and just friends of young men or even daughters that would go to prison. And being left there, you need to understand why. Why did this happen to us? Okay, and Sister Rosalind, what were the adjustments? I'm sure that there were many, but what were the adjustments your family had to make when Morel, am I saying his name right? Morel, yes. What what were the adjustments that you had to to make when Morel was arrested? Just alone, we had to get used to him being out of the house. We were a close-knit family, and We did things together and uh, church together. So we had to adjust not only to just within that household change of him being out, but the fact that he may not even return. We, We were just at an awe to what would take place once he went through the process. And not only that, we had to worry, well, not worry, but we had to think about our neighbors and our family, other family members, church members, just how they would react and how we would react back to them. So it was really a process. And then we had to worry about him just being away and the environment that he would be put in. Okay, as a sidebar question, uh, just listening that you talk, um, you know, there are some families that they have children in that family and they can kind of look down the road and kind of see this stuff coming, you know, because of the behavior or the um, misbehavior of their children or their loved ones. Did right. you see that? I did not. Um, okay. Weeks, weeks before that, uh, Morell had signed up for the Navy. He'd already taken his test. Uh, had been approved and was just waiting for graduation, and he would be going off. Um, he would, I would say, a normal teenager, um, but I remember a time I took him to a um, family therapist because I felt something was going astray. He was seeming distant from me, and I remember the therapist saying to me after explaining our normal 
you know, household, he said, you don't have a problem. He said, let me tell you about some other things where the teens don't come in or they go out spurts. Um, so he asked me, was he still in school? And I said, yes. He said, is he doing his homework? And I said, yes. Is he doing his chores? I said, yes. He said, you don't have a problem. Wow. But you never wow. know. You never know. You never know. And, you know, for a family that, that can kind of look down the road and see it coming, I'm sure that they can kind of brace themselves for the impact right. of the storm. Right. But for you, it was like suddenly there it was upon you. And I just right. commend you for holding it together. And I know I know that there's a glue. What was that glue, Rosalind, that held you together and didn't allow you to fall apart? As you were saying, you can appreciate my strength, I just have to give honor to God. Oh. Have to give honor to him. And and one of my favorite, favorite verses is in him, through him, mm. it is Christ who strengthens me. And I Amen. can do all things. And I had to keep telling myself that, keep telling myself that. Another sidebar, Roslyn, because you, you, you're provoking me today. If I'm okay. a mother, I'm a mother and I have children, but I don't believe in this God you're talking about, what would you say to me? Oh, my, my. What I said to Morel so many times and every visit, and even before he went to jail, before he went to prison, it was a constant thing just to remind him, to remind him that mm. God will bring us through anything. He will bring you through anything and without him. But I used mm. to tell him that I can't be your strength. You have wow. to believe it yourself. Awesome. Awesome. Such, amazing, such an uh, 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 awesome advice to, to give and when you're caught up a lot of times in those emotional struggles that we have as moms, as women, as wives, it's kind of hard sometimes. Uh, it becomes difficult. It's, it's not impossible, but it becomes difficult to sometimes draw from that well because the enemy, he stands there and he tries to make us feel inadequate. Yes. And, and yes. I know that there were days when you felt like, okay, now what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? Did you have those emotional struggles, Rosalind? The one thing I can say that even though I had those days, those days that I felt like I just couldn't break through, those days that I just didn't even want to come outside, I didn't want to see anyone, but I realized that, God, you have put me through this situation for a reason, and I have hmm. two other children that I have to raise and be there for. So I just prayed, and I my prayer was strength. Give me strength that I can go on. Amen. Awesome. You talk about the, the prison environment in your book, uh, Rosalind. What exactly do you mean? It's a different world, and that's wow. how I describe it. That is exactly how I describe it. Once your child goes off, there's no more hot meals mm. that he would desire. Yes, he was fed, but 
in the many conversations with Morel, he talk about that. And he used to say to me and laugh, he says, Ma, he says, in here you have to keep one eye open and one eye closed. He said, mm-hmm. it's a different world. It's different grade of people, people that don't care anything about you. And then you will find the staff and other prison mates that do care about you, that do respect you. But the most of the time, it's just an era of a different world, and it changes you. If you're there for a long period of time, you know, you can say, well, my, my child this or my child that. You don't know. You, don't, you cannot hmm. ever tell because this world is so different. And he has to, had to get used to things that he had never before experienced. You have to get used to making phone, him making phone calls and you paying for those phone calls, you sending money to make sure he has ample hygiene uh, material just to go on, you know, from day to day. Wow. And so how does your fam? how does the family of an incarcerated person kind of become a part of that, that system too, Rosalyn? Well, again, I know I keep elaborating on strength, and the one thing you've got to show that person that you are willing and able and you believe, and that's Mm. their encouragement because a lot of times that's what they fold on. They they are expecting that family to be there. And I just think sometimes how my heart aches. The people or the persons that are in prison that do not have the family members, the family support that they need whenever they can get them. Wow. Uh, Roberta, I don't want to leave you out. Is there anything you want to uh, ask uh, Sister Roslyn uh, before I ask? I'm going to ask her another question, and we're going to have a song break. But is there anything you want to ask Sister Roslyn this morning, Roberta? No, she's covering everything, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't get a chance to share um, How uh, God caused us to meet Um, uh, Roberta, why don't you share that uh, How how you came across the book Yes, my uh, my daughter lives in in Fedville And after my son was incarcerated She told me, she says, Mom It's a lady wrote a book, you need to read it And I says, okay, I want to read it. So she sent me the information, and, and I actually read the book. Uh, on, uh, I read the book, and well, I said, if I ever get to Fayetteville, I want to meet her. If that was a connect, I felt her her spirit. She was so genuine, mm-hmm. and she was she was saying the things that I was feeling, and oh. I wanted to meet her. And I said, I want to meet her, and because there was things that she could say, she 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 she's saying. I can relate. I understand. If you haven't been there, they're just words. Right. But if you've been there, they 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 pierce your heart because you know what's what what's going on and all the waiting. And, and that's how I got to meet her when I read her book. And uh, my daughter uh, works with uh, I think her husband, and she says, "Mom, I know her." So and <laughs> we called her, and she gracefully allowed her to come in our home and she gave us yeah. such such a welcome but it was yeah. so refreshing and so peaceful. I mean she really blessed me. Thank Amen. You. And I we I, have I, to... I, I meet uh, Sister Rosen because I, I by God's divine plan because it wasn't anything I knew how to do. But uh I went to 
to see Roberta in Fayetteville when she came to visit her daughter. So I drove down to see Roberta. And the day I got there was the day Roberta had an appointment to meet Rosalind. And she was telling me about this lady that wrote this book. And my heart was saying, ooh, I want to go. I want to go, but I wasn't invited. So I didn't dare ask, can I go? I just sat there and I talked to God about it. And Roberta was getting ready to leave, and she says, Brown, you want to go too? And I'm like, yeah, yes, I want to go. <laughs> so I got to meet Rosalind, and the moment we got in her home, I knew I was in the right place. When she started to talk, it was like being with Grandma. Those Her, her demeanor, her aura was so loving and so kind, and she wasn't making it up that I welcome you here, but I felt welcome. I felt driven to want to know more. And Rosalind, I thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, inviting yes, us. Thank you. Yes. So there's some, well, there's some people listening on today who have this situation at hand. There are some people today that don't have that great support system to help them through this. And, and so looking back, uh, Rosalind, what or who were the things that helped you survive as a mother of an inmate? Um, well, in reiterating first, God, I must say, and then my family support, oh, my goodness, my husband, uh, my two daughters, it was a trying time for them as well, um, but they had different things going on in their life, and that was my driven to um, realize that my life still has purpose, and I had to go on. And I was so thankful as well to my church members and my siblings, my mother, just a good family support that carried us through. And, you know, after reading your book, I feel like I know your mother. I feel like I know Sydney. I feel like I know your children. And then I, I'm going to tell you, I really got selfish with this book because I said, man, I wish James lived nearby so he could help me with my yard because you have to be so much. <laughs> You really promoted yeah. him, and and I I could see the excellence in James' work through the words that you chose in, in your description of him, and so I yeah. just thank you, I just thank you for that, and all I could see is um just your family gatherings being sort of like the ones that Roberta have as well, and I say it's amazing yeah. that both of you have some so many similarities because you know yeah. you talk about your cooking and her children and and her family and friends look forward to her cooking as well, and I'm getting ahead of myself. I may go back to this later on, but one of the things, looking back in hindsight, and hindsight being 2020 for me, when Roberta was going through, and we as her friends standing around that didn't know how to minister to her, I now realize that Roberta went to her comfortable place. She went to the heart of her home. She went into her kitchen. And yes. we didn't know that she was dealing, and I, and I believe you did the same thing, Robin. We didn't know yes. as friends that she was dealing with her hurt. All we know is when she came out of the kitchen, Jesus, <laughs> we was going to eat some fish, chicken, cornbread, college greens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But we didn't know the pain. And she may have cried in that pot of greens. We didn't care. We were just knowing that we were benefiting from whatever she was doing in that kitchen. And now that I look back, I feel like, oh, my God, I missed the sign. But I didn't miss yeah. the chicken, Robin, but I missed the sign. Yeah. <laughs> I missed the sign, I, and I, I, I apologize to her today, but I don't apologize for eating. 
Keep it locked right here on TPV Radio, the station for inspiration. It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown, right now on TPV Radio. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I realized I didn't welcome everyone to the buffet this morning, this afternoon, but welcome to Saturday's Buffet with Lorraine Brown, special guest Rosalind Boone Williams, Roberta Jones, and hopefully before we get off this broadcast, Bishop Olin Jesse. Uh, we are so grateful. He's the source of our life, girls. He's the, he's the source of our strength. He's the strength of our life. We lift our hands in total praise to him. We don't have no place else we can go. How often do we do it? Ha! Huh? From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Hey, we give God total praise. For anyone who's listening on today, who's going through the pain and the ill of having someone you love incarcerated, sometimes justly, sometimes unjustly, sometimes the crime fits the time, sometimes it does not. And we're just, we just want to support you. We want to embrace you on today. We have special guests who are in your situation, who have been in your situation, and who knows the pains, and they speak to you firsthand. Sister Rosalind, we want to ask yeah. you to speak very honestly about what it feels like to have a loved one come home after prison. And second part of that question is, what were the things that you feared about that process taking place in your life? Yes, Um I used to feel shame that I had fears. And then I realized this was a normal thing. You have someone that has not been in your household for the length of time that my son was in prison. He was away from us. He learned new behaviors. He was in a completely different environment. So it it really was a fear. I did not know if, he could adjust, if I could adjust, and it just was a fearful time, and I really had to pray and ask God to give me the strength I needed, give me the strength that I could still be a mother to him, he would be able to come here, and the family would embrace him just as if he'd never left us before, but we knew that this time had gone through, changing I had a young man, a teenager, leave my home on February the 4th, 1996. And when he returned to me, he was a grown man. Mm. He had become a grown man, and, and it was almost as if I hadn't been there during this change, during this process. But the one thing I held on to is my strength and what I had done through all those years to embrace him and to continue to let him know we were the same family that he left Hmm. us. We had the same rules and regulations that he was going to have to adjust to. So not only was it an adjustment for us, definitely for him. Okay. Yes. You know, Rosalind, um, I'm just, uh, oh, I don't know how. I know that the weight that I feel from from this uh, situation is a lot, lot lighter than what you have in your heart, the burden that you may carry for other people who have this same situation. So I can't even imagine um, uh, the yeah. the strength that you need to, to, to 
get from God in order to just to go through every day. Yeah. I can't even imagine yeah. that because I'm I'm just feeling just a, a somewhat of the impact just from reading your book and just from talking uh, to Sister Roberta. So I just want to applaud you and Sister Roberta because a lot of times we go through little things and I murmur. I, well, let me say, let me make it personal. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about nobody else. I murmur and complain. I belly ache and I cry about thumping my toe. And then you go somewhere and you see a person that don't have a toe. Say to yourself, yeah. what are you whining about? You got toes. Yeah. You stumped them. Okay, get over it. Go on. Yeah. And so I'm saying yeah. to you on today, uh, I commend you. I commend you because I haven't gone through this. And I know uh, just from what the Lord has allowed me to experience that uh, this is a horrendous pain. Uh, one of the yeah. last questions I want to ask you, uh, Sister Rosalind, is you wanted to be as helpful as you could to Morrell when he came out. Did you get any uh, support from the uh, prison system uh, in, in, in able, in enabling you to be able to do this support, this uh, supporting of your son? Sister Lorraine, I did not. I learned uh, in May of 2013 I learned, I'm sorry, 2012, I learned that once the prison system lets you go, you walk out of that door, at least for the state of North Carolina, you may go through the process of uh, the probation period. And I can remember going down to the probation office before my son was released because I wanted knowledge. I wanted to know how to deal with him coming out without a job, having um, a difficulty to even get a job. And I wanted to kind of get a feel of what we needed to do as his family, how we could be there. And I remember the probation officer laughing at me, and I remember watching her as she laughed, and she said, Miss Williams, she said, we rarely have parents from a grown adult to come down. She said, this is new to me. She says, but what you have to understand, he's grown. To hear that many more times before I really, really let it sink in, he had to make up in his mind that he wanted to do the best that he could do with what he had. But, yes, I did, after hearing that officer tell me that, you know, he's on his own, and I said, well, what about any programs, any rehab uh, classes, um, any uh, job um, courses that he could take, how to apply for a job, how to fill out an application? And she said to me, we don't do any of that because of the state, um, the budgeting, And I knew right then that we really needed to stick with him to try to make it happen, to make him put himself back into society and feel as much normalcy as he could. But we knew at that time it was really going to be hard, and we didn't realize until months and months later how hard it was. Wow. Uh, Sister Rosalind, you had already shared with me that you're not going to be able to stay for the entire show. So I do want you to take a few minutes and just share whatever it is that uh, is not formatted, whatever you have in your heart, 
that you want to leave with the people on today? How do you want to leave um, leave the people with, with your story on today? You want to leave it where it is, or you want to kind of uh, surmise what, uh, what you went through until the end, or however you want to handle that? I give you you have you have time to do that. Well, what I'd like to say definitely, um, faith will play a very important part. Your faith, what you believe, what you depend on. And, of course, my faith is through Jesus Christ. And I look at it as overcoming anything Hmm. with anything. You can't overcome. Actually keep this definition of overcoming close to me so I can share it at any time. And basically it means to succeed in dealing with a problem or difficult situation, to be able to defeat it in however means you can, and understand that it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. That means for the person that you have incarcerated or your family that you are dealing with outside, just remember it's a process. And remember that God says lean on him with your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And that means his path. It's not going to be our way, but it will be his way. He will have the last say. And remember to always, no matter what the situation, and I listened to Miss Lorraine say, whether it was an injustice or justice reason for that family member to be there, understand they need your love. They need your support. They need you to always be there. And I just want to thank you, uh, Miss Lorraine. I tell you, you all have blessed me so much, you and Miss Roberta, and I thank you. And It's talks like this that's going to get you through. It's going to take you a step further. And even though my son is deceased, I know now that his life will not be in vain. It will not. I will be here. I will continue to motivate those mothers that cry all night long, they don't understand, and just to help them know that it will be all right. It will be with God's will. And thank you so very much for this opportunity to just share. And I'd like to also say if anyone is interested in getting that book to motivate yourself or motivate someone you know, a friend, a family member that does have someone incarcerated, you can get it on my website. And I'll give you that information. And also, you can go to Hamilton Publishing or Barnes & Noble's eNook or on Amazon. And mm-hmm. definitely through my website, www.servingtime2.com. We're all in this together. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Rosalyn, would it be okay if I read your poem in the book? That will be fine. That will be fine. When you were a baby, at birth I held your hand and promised to love you forever. 
when you were a young child, I held your hand and thought you would leave, would, would leave me never. And though you, when you were a young child, I held your hand and thought you would leave me never. As you yes. became a young man, I still held your hand. And yes. you reminded me you could hold your own. As God lifted you to this day, I strongly held your hand and promised that you were not going alone. You left with a part of me. I encourage you, as she has uh, given you the information to get her book, there was a word that you used uh, as you were closing your, uh, giving your afterwards rather than your, your acknowledgement. And you said, you said that you were like in a fog. You said that um, I'm grateful to my husband, James, who loved me unconditionally and never put his pain ahead of mine. He yes. always had encouraging words. And stay clear-headed when my world was very foggy. That word that you use about your world being foggy. There are some mothers yes. and some wives and there are some family members on today whose world has become very foggy. And you have shared with them how to clear up that fog. And so I want to reiterate what Sister Rosalyn has said to you, my audience, on today. If you find yourself in a world, and it doesn't have to be incarceration. This this answer that Sister Rosalind gave and the one that Sister Roberta will give in the next hour will be both around the same. If you put your trust in the Lord Jesus, that yes. fog fear up. Somebody say, well, I put my trust in the Lord Jesus a week ago. And I'm saying to you, don't put your watch on God. Put yes. your watch. Your, watch is, your time is for this, this realm. But when you look at the things that God do, I'm a living witness that God came into a foggy life like mine. And when I looked around and really paid attention to what was going on in my life, my life had begun to clear up. And I don't know why we put time watches on God, but I didn't put a watch on the world. When I was in the world and I was serving the devil, I didn't put a watch on him. I served him until I couldn't serve him no more. And when my back Amen. got against the wall, like many people's backs are against the wall today, we cry out to God. But when we cry out to God, we want to tell God how long. Well, I tell you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all of Amen. your ways, just acknowledge God, and he'll direct your path. Sister Rosalind, we're so um, glad that you came. Uh, as I was thinking about uh if this show should be a week long or if we should do it another week, I want to ask your opinion about coming back next week. Is there anything else? Do you feel like we've done your story justice or is there any more you want to talk about where you want to come back next Saturday to the buffet and finish this conversation? I definitely think I don't even count words, how many words can motivate. <laughs> I believe that anything said can motivate someone else. It will give them that little urge that they need to go on further. So I do believe that this should be able to motivate just to see the love we had for our son while he was incarcerated. Amen. 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 Well, we thank you uh, for coming. We do have some callers, but I'm going to honor uh, what you said. You said you needed to be out. Um, I hope and pray that 
what has been said and done by Sister Rosin in the time that she was able to spend with us was uh, suffice enough to answer any questions that you may have. Um, we pray that uh, God's blessings would overtake you, uh, Sister Rosin, that whatever you do on today, that your heart will be made glad. There will be no retaliation yeah. for your opening up your heart and sharing for somebody else to be enlightened. We pray that God will just continue to bless your life abundantly above whatever you can even act or think. And we just pray yeah. that the blessing of the Lord will make you rich, and we already know they won't add any sorrow. So as you go yeah. your way on today, go in peace, go in love, and may God's mercy and grace continue to cover you, and the blood of Jesus yeah. covers you as well. God bless you, and uh, Pastor Chris, we'll go to a song now, and we welcome you, Thank Sister you. Robert. If you ever hear of a show we're doing and you have anything to input, you have my number. You feel free yes. uh, to call me, and we can include you in the show. God bless you, and we love you to yes. life. Pastor Chris, God you give us a please. God bless you all. Thank you so much. You. It's Saturday's Buffet, Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Brown. Right, right now, now on TPV Radio. I, I sing this real quick. You and be flexing. This is for mama. This for you. You asked for this. <laughs> There's a story behind my praise. That's why my hands I continue to raise. I'm gonna praise him for the rest of my days. For there's a story behind my praise. There's a story behind my praise. That's why my hands, I continue to raise. I'm going to praise him. For the rest of my days, for there's a story behind my praise. If you see me crying, oh, that's a story, how he's been God for me in all of his glory. If you see me shouting, don't be amazed. I just realized when, when I was saved. If you see me running, don't think it's strange. My whole life, he has. Rearrange 
Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else in here been through something this year? Anybody else been sick in their body? Has anybody lost their job? Radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Sister Roberta, are you there? Yes, I am. Is there a story behind your praise? Oh, you messed me up now. You messed me up. You did it. <laughs> you know what? Uh, when I thought about, I said, you know what? That's uh, for for those of you that don't know, that's one of her favorite favorite songs. 
There's a story behind her praying. And just knowing you personally uh, gives me an edge on what to play for you when you get ready to speak. And I said to myself every week uh, when these songs are being ministered, I said, Lord, why do I keep getting songs, pick songs that want to take me to church? <laughs> uh, you're talking about uh, families that are incarcerated today. What would you say, uh, Sister Roberta, to a family that's waiting on the sentencing of a family member? What are, what are those emotions like when you're waiting on that time when you go to court and find out the fate of your loved one? Both, uh, you have so many mixed emotions. The uh, enemy is, is playing with your mind, telling you, you know, I'm everything. You know, the the, the worst scenario, he, he tells you, um, you know, first of all, you got you, you, you have to accept the fact that uh, come out of shame, you know, the embarrassment, some of the things like, like uh Ms. Williams said, I'd have been embarrassed. How you know, take away you gotta take all that away. And you have to look at, you know what? It's not about me now, it's about my son. Okay. It's about my son. It's and and you have to lay your, your feelings aside and you have to say, I'm here for my child, regardless to what the child done. A mother loves a child. All right. Mm-hmm. The love of the love is there. When a person does something wrong, the person that they offended don't see them as you see them. Right, right. The judge don't see them as you see them. The lawyer don't see them as you see them. But Hmm. you have to realize that that's my child, and you have to be there and love them. That's a great point. That's That's an awesome point. Uh, sometimes when, when we're in these situations, people are looking at us like, how can you love that person? But you had love for them uh, before this happened. So your love for them won't be uh, stopped because they did something wrong. You may have some emotional struggles about it, but as far as the love, the love is consistent. Uh, we mm-hmm. have some callers, Roberta, and I, and I was intending to uh, get those callers uh, just in case they had questions uh, so, uh, Pastor Chris, if you want callers, uh, let me say this to you. If he calls your number and you don't want to uh, have a comment or ask a question, just say I'm listening and he can move on. You know, that uh, silence is kind of up before. So if he calls your, your last four digits of your number and you don't want to talk or you don't want to ask a question, just simply say, I, I just want to listen, okay? We appreciate that. Pastor Chris, would you uh, see what, uh, if there's anyone that has a question, please? Pastor Chris, are you there? Okay, I don't, I don't hear Pastor Chris. So, Roberta, that's the one. Uh, what advice uh, would you right. give him? Oh, you're there? Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry. <laughs> I had my mic on mute. Sorry about that. All right, caller, first four digits of, I'm sorry, the first last four digits of your phone number, 5551. You're on the air with Sister Lorraine Brown. And Rosalind, God bless you. I have any questions? I'm just listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, we will go to the next caller. Seven nine nine one. 
7991. You are on the air with Sister Lorraine. Wow. I have no questions. Right. I have no questions. Just listening. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. Next caller, 8637-8637. You are on the air. I have no questions. I'm just listening. Okay. Thank you so much for calling in. Next caller, 8236. 8236. You are on the air. 8236. You are on the air. All right. We'll go to the next caller. Thank you for calling in. All right, caller, 6015. 6015. You are on the air with Lorraine Brown and Miss Roberta. Okay, there we go. All Thank right. you. Back to you. All right. Advice, uh, Sister Roberta. And, and we, Sister Roberta and I thank you uh, for the caller. We thank you for calling in and listening to us on today. We just didn't want to be um, talking and not give you an opportunity to uh, have input. You know, some people are really going through, and you have things that concern you. If it concerns you, it concerns Roberta and I. But what advice, Roberta, would you give them that um, was of the utmost importance to your survival in all of this? What was important to you, and what would you say to them as about giving them this? What was survival for me was was prayer, trusting God, looking to God. I had to look to God because my my uh, world was crumbling, mm-hmm. the world that I knew. It was crumbling. Wow. It was, uh, I had no, I, you know, no, when you have a child, you, you raise a child, you love a child, you teach a child. I don't think anyone thinking that they're going to do something that's going to send them to prison. Right. And you, you, you do the best you know how, and you looking at that child as this my son or my baby or, you know, you, what you instilled in them and put in them and that's what you expect you're you're expecting good things you you don't expect the bad things and I think what what happens is as parents we have to be aware of everything and yes it can happen to me because we don't think I don't believe that's going to happen my my not my child I, he's not in that environment. I'm not, you know, I'm not teaching him that. Not my child. But yes, you're a child. And when it mm-hmm. happens to your child, and it happens to you, now your world has changed. Now you're going to have to think things over. Now you're, you're coming into another environment. And the environment is now is incarceration. Mm-hmm. Criminal. And now you look at, you, 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 when, you, when, you, when you're See your child. Your child is no longer a child anymore. They become a criminal to the to, to, to the court system, to people, and they become a number. Mm-hmm. Well, but to you, that's your child. You know, you you hit something for me. Um, do you feel like sometimes people 
look at us as a as a race, and they don't really see the impact of the same situations that happen to them, the, to other to other people, cultures, and when it happens to us, why do you think we're viewed sometimes as what that that my child's pain shouldn't hurt me as bad, and I shouldn't scream as loud? Or do you ever think about that? I have, no matter who child it is, when I hear of something that's hap- happening to me, it doesn't matter what color they are, who, you know, it doesn't matter. I feel the pain yeah. because I look at them yeah. as human. Mm-hmm. I look at them as somebody's son, as somebody's daughter. Mm-hmm. And I can feel their pain. I don't see them as, oh, they deserve it or, oh, they, you know, they're, that when you look at it as a criminal from the beginning. Mm. So, Roberta, if, if I'm if I'm living in this nice neighborhood and you know I, I got some curtains up to my window and I got sixteen dollars in the bank and and I look across the field and I see someone that maybe lives in a trailer. So you're saying to me their pain and my pain is pain. So it, it's not they deserve it because sometimes those people in the trailer didn't do the crime, but they got the time. And sometimes the people with the nice curtains and fifteen dollars in the bank, they may have gotten away with the crime because they someone had money to buy a lawyer that could manipulate um, the system, and they did do the crime. Are you saying are you saying that that's situations like that? Oh yes. Yeah, my my son told me he's. I've never really talked to him about what happened because he was when he, when he was they locked him up and you can't really talk because you know the situation they're listening and and they use anything anything against you. Mm-hmm. When he said mm-hmm. he says, "Mama," he says, "Mama, don't believe all that. Don't believe all that." And that's what he, he kept saying, "Mama, that's not that's not true." You know that's not true, and with the evidence and things that they they claimed they had, and I told him I said, well, you know, now you have to turn to God. Mm-hmm. Now you have to ask God for grace, ask Him for mercy, ask Him to get you out of it. He's the only one that can. He's the only one. So you you have to turn you have to turn to a higher power than you, which is God. You know He's greater than any judge. You know, he's greater than lawyers. He's greater. So you have to turn to him. You have to look to him. He's your only hope. And, if yes, that happens often. If you could change something, uh, Roberta, about the system, the, the things that you had to endure um, going through this um, horrific uh, situation with your son, if you could change anything, what would you change? What What would you work to change? What would it be? About this system. About this system. One of the things, yeah. and sitting in the in the courtroom, I saw the judge never looked up at those children. Wow. He sits and he looks at a paper, and he they're not even human to him. Mm. He sits there. He never. I watched him sit there, case after case, and never see them. Maybe if he looked in their eyes, he could see some hope or he could see some, mm-hmm. something. But he never really looks at them. All They're already pre-programmed about what you, you're supposed to have and get. Hmm. And if I could change anything, 
I would love to go and talk to the judges, the lawyers, the judicial system, period, mm-hmm. and let them know as a mother, how do you feel about your child? Mm-hmm. Do you see your child the same way you see my child? Do you think your child, if your child made a mistake, do you think they deserve a chance? Or do you think you're supposed to throw the book at them? Give them the same mercy and justice that you will give. Give your child. That's all. You know, there's a story, huh? There's a story that people tell about how my child can throw a rock and break a window. Your child can throw a rock and break a window. And when it's my, when it's your child's running, I feel like, well, look at the child. He, he broke that window. But then when my child breaks the, the, the window, I kind of, my whole story kind of changed. You know, now it's my son that threw that rock and broke that window. So now I want to kind of soften the blow to him. When you were sitting there, waiting for your name to be called in that court. I'm sure you've seen some cases that were similar to your son's case that you wanted kind of based measurement of what your son may receive. Justice in that area, Roberta? Oh, yes. First, yeah, I, I, I mean, if you, I, I, you know, the listeners, I, once the court system and stuff open up, just go and sit and watch just you don't you don't have to have anybody that's on trial, but just go to the court courthouse and just see for yourself mm. how things are happening. Just go so see for you yourself. Saying, so are you saying my daughter caught a little bag, little bag, and I'm sorry, you're break you're breaking up. I'm sorry. You say it's if if my daughter gets caught with with a uh, fifteen dollars worth of drugs and your daughter gets caught with fifteen dollars worth of drugs, you're saying the sentence won't be exactly the same? No, not at all. Hmm. No, we are. I mean, it, no, it won't be the same. No. Well, I'd like to see that change. I'd like to see. If, well, you know, it's like it's it's like if I'm in a system. And we're all in the same system. If there's a rule for breaking the yes. window, I'd like to see that rule go across the board. That's what I would like mm-hmm. to see. I would like to see the law should the be the law. Movement. Say it again. Yes, the law should be the the law should be the law. Yes, yes, exactly. The law should be the law. Mm-hmm. I would like to mm-hmm. see a window breaking uh, punishment be the same. If it's go to your room, then then everybody should have to go to their room if they break a window. Let's let's go back, uh, Roberta, to your survival, because mm-hmm. I've seen you survive this. Um, I didn't see a lot of days of breakdown for you. Matter of fact, I can't count a breakdown day for you, but I know you had to have some. But as what, how did you survive? You said you 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 said that one of the most important things uh, in your life is prayer, and I know that to be true because I know you on a personal level. Uh, I've seen you. Uh, be a prayer warrior for a lot of other people's children. So I know that that was your criteria for your child was to pray uh, situations through. So how did you survive, Roberta? How are you surviving this? 
you know, one one of the things uh, support the support system of, of the family, and just you you know you say well you failed but you didn't fail just being there being there and not judging. That's another thing when a person judge what's going on in your life that hurts. But mm. if a person can be there, you know you're there because you love me and you're not judging my child or judging what how you think things should have should have gone or they shouldn't have done this or they shouldn't you know. If you don't judge, one of the things happened to me when uh, my child was uh, the day they arrested him and he was on M line. It was a Wednesday, and I had I was preaching that 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 Wednesday, and it was radical praise. Mm. So now it's on M line. What my child, my son is charged with and. Uh, what, how much time he's looking at and all this. And my granddaughter, she says, Granny, I, I got to show you something. And I, so I read it. She said, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm fine. But I had to go and preach on radical praise. So when I walked in the <laughs> church, my church family began to, oh, they just begin to love me. Just, I love you. I Encourage me. And just, you know, and that was so much strength. That was so much strength for me, just to know that a person didn't judge you. Wow. I judged what you were going through and just was there with a hug or, or a pat on the on the shoulder. Wow. That meant so much. It wasn't so, I mean, it wasn't anything you could do, but just your presence meant a lot. Mm. Well, Robert, I'm going to open up a, a can of worms. And um, I'm not sure if my nieces, I got some nieces I'm probably going to hear from when I, when I share this. I'm going to take a chance. You, you be my backup. But um, I did spend some time in jail myself uh, at a younger age. I was accused of uh, armed robbery. And although in my heart I knew I hadn't done that crime, I still was locked up. And, <laughs> but even in being locked up, I had a peace. Now I look back on it, I had peace. I was I was intimidated by the fact that the bars were there, the, the other prisoners were around me, but even in that, God protected me because when I went to jail that day, um, one of the things that the police officer that was interrogating me, he kept saying, uh, why do you keep saying the same thing over and over every time I ask you a question? And I was calm and thankful to God. I kept saying that because it's the truth. You know, you don't have to make your story up. You can kind of stay consistent mm-hmm. when it's the truth. And so when when he finally got tired of asking me the same questions and I was giving him the same answers, he sent for the lady to take me to lock me up. And when they took me to be locked up, God had it where I knew the woman who was on staff there. She knew me. She knew my character. And she looked at me. She said, what are you doing here? And I told her, I don't know. I got arrested for armed robbery. They said I was carrying a gun and everything. And so I know that there are people who get locked up who haven't done anything. And I was, I was mad because I was getting ready to eat a good Sunday dinner. And they, the police came and got me. And I mean, it was a lot of police that surrounded my mom's house with the guns drawn. And I was 18 years old. And so when I got in there, she, um, she began to ask me, she said, 
who do you know she went down her road? And I, I just want people, Roberta, to feel a level of comfort that even though your child or your loved one is being incarcerated, that God still protects even behind the bars, still protects. Yes. I want them to have hope today from us. And she says, yes. who do you know? She began to call names out. And she called this one name, and I'll call her first name and not her last for her privacy. She said, do you know Sherry? And I said, yeah. She said, do you have any problems with Sherry? She said, I don't want to put you any place where there, there will be conflict for you. I said, oh, no, me and Sherry never had any mixed words. And do you know she put me in the cell with Sherry? And Sherry and I began to sing gospel songs. And the girls, mm-hmm. in, the, the girls in, the, in the prison began to sing, well, do y'all know Amazing Grace? They was they was hollering through the hallway, you know, do you know Amazing Grace? And we began to sing gospel songs. And I didn't know the power of that ministry until I became an adult, how God would take a bad situation and he would elevate it and use it for good in your life. I ended up not being charged with those charges um, later on. Uh, they, they let me go and they, they freed me. But there are people that are locked up that have not done any crime, that have not done any wrong. And I just want you family members to be encouraged, to do as Sister Roberta has encouraged you, to become a woman or man of prayer. Pray to God. When you can see uh, change happening, when you can't see it happening, pray to God, and he will answer your prayer. And he delivered me. So I just believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So seek the Lord. So, Roberta, I, I, I'm getting ready to go to commercial, uh, to, to a song uh, uh, right now, but you told us how you survived, and I'm going to uh, ask you, uh, for those that don't know, would you give us an example of your faith in God, how God came through for you uh, in your faith? Uh, one one example to, to, to bring that, you know, how the Bible says we come, we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Well, whatever yeah. trial you go through, he always takes us through. And whatever, each trial gets bigger and bigger. So one of the one of the things to to, to uh, that God gave me as a testimony was one of my daughters was a child, and she drank some ammonia, and in drinking the ammonia, she just started coughing. When she started coughing, her mouth was bleeding and trying to wipe it in her it was uh to make a long story short took her to the hospital and on the way to the hospital the scripture came to mind they should drink deadly poison and it won't harm them so i, hmm. I told her i said quote this i said cora quote the scripture for me and she quoted the scripture for me and on the way to the hospital we get to the hospital the doctor tries to see what's going on and he says mother he says uh we have to we have to keep her here for at least four days, say, because her mouth is badly burned. And it's burnt too bad for us to, to put a scope down to see if any damage was done to her to her inside. Right. And saying mm-hmm. in four days it should be healed well enough for us to go down and see if it's if it's okay. Well, this was Friday night. So Friday night I worked second shift. You know, I left her there at the hospital and went on to work. Because I had I I had to I can't pray and worry at the same time, so went on right. to work. The next morning, the hospital called and, and right away my heart started beating. The hospital called and, and says that uh, 
come, the doctor's getting ready to do the test. So my heart's beating like, oh, Lord, what has happened? We get to the hospital. The doctors did the test. Her mouth was completely healed <laughs> as though nothing had ever happened. Her lips was actually sealed like you peel a banana. Wow. Wow. So that was a beginning. Was that was Cora? a testimony. Cora was, was about four. Cora was about four at that time. Four years old. Four and years so when old. So you, you know God on that kind of level. It, it's kind of, it's not, it, it's not easy, but it does help you to be able to go through trials and tribulations when you know the God that'll heal, heal your child from something the doctor expected to take four days, and, and God did it overnight. 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 We're going to go to song, mm-hmm. and then we're going to come back and wrap this thing up in a neat bow, uh, put a neat bow on it. And we already know, we don't even have to ask any questions because we know God is a miracle-working God. So we're going to go to a song, and after we come back, uh, if any, we may go back to the phone and see if anybody have any questions at this time. If not, we're going to proceed on and wrap this thing up. Pastor Chris, would you give us a song, please? It's Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorianne Brown. Right now on TPV Radio. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. When you become a believer, your spirit is made right. Sometimes, the soul doesn't get the notice. It has a hole in it due to things that's happened in the past, hurt, abuse, molestation. But we want to speak to you today and tell you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. Some people's actions are not because their spirit is wrong, but it's because the past has left a hole in their soul. May this wisdom help you get over your past and remind you that God wants to heal the hole in your soul. I have my sister, Leandria, here. She's going to help me share this wisdom and tell this story. Cause all I seem to do is hurt me Hurt me Lord Deliver me Cause all Hurt me 
Never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. All right. All right. We thank you. Thank you. We thank you. As um, Leandra Johnson said, God will deliver. And he is our exodus. He is our way out of every. Uh, adverse situation that we find ourselves in. He is our exodus. Sister Roberta, are you still with us? Yes, I am. I thought about your situation and the situation of many people who are in the same or somewhat similar situation that you have found yourself in. And you know what? Support systems are good. Uh, They come and they sit and they hold your hand. They give you a cool uh, drink of water, but then they have to go home. They go home and uh, you're left there. So at the end of the day, who was your greatest supporter? 
God Almighty, he never leaves. God Almighty. He never God leaves. All- <laughs> God Almighty. He's always there. Always there. Always. He's there. And that's, you know, it's, you know, it's, if we only realize he keeps, you know, I could just hear him call me. Just call me. You know, I'm here. You know, just the mention of my name, my presence is here. And not only it does he come, but he comforts. He comforts. He comforts. He comforts. When he comes, he comforts. He gives you what you need. And it might be one word. It might just, you just, he might just have to hold you. Wow. I tell you, I, you know, when one of the things happened, when the police came to pick up my son, Josh, everywhere, they was all around. Mm. And I looked, and I, I, I got, I didn't know what had happened. So really got nervous, like, oh, Lord, what has happened? So he says, does, does Josh live here? I said, yes. And I told him to come in. And I was so nervous, I couldn't hardly open the door. And when I made a step, he said, he said, where is that? I said, he's not here. He said, well, do you have a picture of him? So I went to look, show him the picture on the wall of Josh, and I turned. And the Holy Spirit said, count it all again. Mm. Mm. When he spoke that, the nervousness, the fear left. And I said, he's right here. Mm. So in the midst of, of the trial and everything, I had had my word of comfort, count it all joy. Mm. I began to rejoice. I said, Lord, you said count it all joy. You said all things work together for the good. I don't see the good. I don't understand, but I trust you. Mm. I don't know how you bring good out of it, but you say joy, count it all mm. joy. And I rejoice in you. And, it, and and when I get down, I go back to that scripture, count it all joy. And it mm. holds on to And the scripture, one of the things I hold on to that, that, that he'll never leave or forsake me. My Lord. That he's here. That he's here. And no matter what I'm going through. And he would, he told me one day, he said, Josh can't go anywhere without me. Listen, Lord, wow. he said, because I'm in him. So mm. even where he's at now, God is in him. And God showed me that when, when uh, my daughter went to go visit him, and one of the guards said, he's a good kid. Tell your mom wow. and dad they did good. He don't wow. belong in here. So that was God letting me know, I hear you. I hear you. So that gave me comfort. Isn't it amazing, Roberta, how how God just puts stuff together and how you think to yourself, Lord, I never knew that part would fit into this part, but God knows. Just like you said on last week, it's the song choices, the words that another person spoke, they connect with the words that you speak. And it's just like when I was saying, when I was locked up, how God put that woman in place and that woman put me in the place. And then he put us, me and Sherry in the same cell, gave me and Sherry. It was a Sunday night. So gave us a mind to have church. And just like mm-hmm. what you're saying now, God put that guard there. That guard was looking out for your son, but he didn't know your son. He didn't know yes. you, but he took mm-hmm. a liking to your son. And there are many people's sons that are in there. That guard probably ain't paying no attention to. But when the mm-hmm. Lord told you to count it all joy, in other words, I got this thing under control. I got your mm-hmm. son. 
yes, mm-hmm. your son is in a bad place. There are a lot of bad people here, but I'm paying attention to your son. I'm looking out mm-hmm. for your son. So yes. what would you recommend to a family, uh, Roberta, who has this same situation? And you know what people say, well, you said that already. How can we change the story? When the, when the, when the God that we serve constantly comes up, we can't go any place apart from him. So what would you recommend to a family, and why would you recommend uh, that whatever you say to that family? What would you recommend? Recommend Jesus, because that's the only thing works for me. <laughs> if I had something else that worked for me, I could yeah. recommend it. But it worked. Yeah. It worked for me, and I tell mm-hmm. people, whatever works for you. If if crying and, and sobbing, and you know, if it works for you and brings you comfort and peace, then that's what you do. But you have to go with what works for you. And I can't, I, I, I don't know anything else. I've tried everything else, and it failed. Hmm. But when I tried Jesus, mm-hmm. he never failed. But even in even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of my pain, and in, in the midst of my son being incarcerated, I can call on Jesus, and he comforts me. I could call on Jesus. It was time, even in time when I I didn't hear from him in a while, and 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 I don't know, didn't know what was going on. The enemy was telling me all kind of things, but I called on Jesus. Hmm. And when I called on Jesus, he called. I said, "How you doing?" He said, "Mama, I'm fine." But the hmm. enemy tried to throw all kind of darts to tell me what all he he this has happened to them. And but 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 you got to remember that God knows all things. Yeah. So he knew he was okay. So when I called on him, he gave me a peace. Mm. If it was something to worry about or something I need to handle, he would tell me that too. So I mm-hmm. got to rely on him who knows all things. Hmm. He know, and I, I totally believe he's. That. I totally agree. I, be- with that. I believe he's doing he's doing a mighty a mighty work, and I believe that even with what has happened to Josh. And, and, and Ms. Ms. Williams' son, I believe that's exposure that God, it had to happen because God wants some things exposed and revealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had to use people. And we were just one of those people that he used for that. Mm. That was a part of our journey. Wow. To get us to where we needed to go and to help others. And yeah. other women that are going through it. Thing God don't does know that what I to do. is to help somebody else. Is that right, sis? It's to help, to help someone else. What Jesus went through wasn't for him; it was for others. So, would you say that's a part of being able to bear our cross? Is to be able to help yes. somebody else bear theirs? Yeah, exactly, that is. Hmm. That is. That's a part of it. That's a part of it. Well, Roberta, I have really uh, appreciated your story on today. But I want you to speak for a few minutes uh, from a point of view of being a mother. I want to ask, I want to be the voice of the people today. I want to ask some questions that maybe if a caller, you know, wanted to ask you, I, I believe that some caller would say, Roberta, were you ashamed? Was I ashamed? Uh, the enemy tried to bring shame, but I remember that Jesus took a, took my shame. <laughs> right. Because I'm he took my shame. I'm not what what happens to me. I'm who he say I am. That's an awesome answer, sis. Were you angry? Angry? 
I don't say I don't think I was angry. I was I was maybe disappointed, but not angry. I won't say I was because I didn't have anybody to be angry at. Okay. Not okay. to be angry, you have to have someone to that you're angry with. I wasn't angry with anyone. When you said you might have been disappointed, were you disappointed with your son or were you disappointed with yourself? My son and the enemy, you know, and, and myself, what did I, where did I go wrong? What did I do? What didn't I do? What I, mm. what I could have done? What could, could I have, you know, what could I have done to stop this? Okay. What could I have done to stop it? Yes, yes, that those, all those questions came to mind that, you know, but I tell any parent that you've done the best you knew how. Mm-hmm. If you would have knew more, you would have done, done more. You know, I but have you can only know. I have mm-hmm. Sister Jean uh, uh, Homer on the line. Are you there, Jean? Yes, yes, ma'am. I am. Great. Okay, Sister Roberta, Sister Jean. I wanna, I wanna address a, I think a very, very important question. I'm gonna give you the first uh, shot at it, Roberta. After that, Sister Jean, I want you to address it. I'm going to speak, like I say, from the voice of the of the audience. I'm wounded so badly, Sister Jean and Sister Roberta. I do not want to live any longer with this pain. I am wounded so badly, Sister Roberta and Sister Jean. I do not want to live any longer with this pain. Sister Roberta, what would you say to me? The only thing I can say to you, I can tell you I understand your pain. I understand what you're going through. But I know one that can help you. He said, cast your burdens and cares on me because I care for you. You're carrying something that you are not qualified or fit to carry. You wasn't made to carry that. And that's why he said, cast it on me because I can carry it. You can't carry it. You're carrying a load that's not yours anyway. My Lord. It don't belong to you. Hmm. So I'll tell you, I understand. But give it to Jesus. And the way you give it to Jesus is get a book. Put that pain in that book and lay it on the table and leave it there. My Lord. And when the thought come back about what you're going through, you remind that thought that you left that pain on that table. You gave it to Jesus. And he took it. Mm. I don't have it anymore. Praise God. That's, that's the only thing I could tell you to cast it. And even if it's too heavy for you to pick it up and carry it, throw it. But Lord, I can't deal with this no more. Here, this yours, take it. My Lord. What an awesome uh, response, uh, Sister Roberta. Um, what a burden to have to carry, but like you say, when you put it in his rightful hands, uh, you're able to go through it and come out on the other side with victory. Sister Jean, if you had some encouraging words to give me uh, with this pain that I don't want to live with any longer, what would you say to me, Pastor Jean? You know, first first of all, sister, I would ask you, have you ever tried Jesus? <laughs> have you ever, ever tried Jesus? 
and depending upon what your answer would be, I would go from there. And if you would tell me that you've never tried Jesus, I would tell you from my own experiences, he's worth the trying. He's worth the trying because there's absolutely nothing that this world can bring that he does not have a remedy for. I will let you know that he knew you even in your mother's womb. He put you there. He brought you forth. And when he brought you forth, he gave you what we call grace, what we call grace, which is God unmerited favor for your life. That means that you didn't have to do anything to earn it. He gave it to you because he created you. He predestined you, and he had a plan for you, and his plan was not for you to be miserable. His plan was not for you to be broken, and his plan was not for you to take the life that he gave you. And I would invite you to come go with me and learn of Jesus. I would invite you to come and go with me and experience him right where you are. And, and and know that he is more powerful. He's more powerful than whatever you think or thought you might might be or might have gone through. That he can take your life, a life that you think is not worth living, and turn it into something that you are you will want to live with joy and happiness. Amen. Sister Jean and Sister Roberta, there's a scripture in Sister Rosalind's book. And I was looking for it the whole time. I don't know why I didn't underline it. But I was looking for it the whole time when she was on the show earlier that I wanted to share because this scripture lit a, a blaze in me. And I've heard this scripture before, but, but in the contents and where she put it in her book, it just set me afire anew. Psalm 61, verse 2, says, When my heart is overwhelmed, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. My God, my God. With my heart. And you know, as women of God and warriors for God and women that are on the battlefield uh, going forth and doing the work uh, of an evangelist. But I'm Roberta. Yes, I'm here. Pastor Chris, you have any announcements you want to make before we end the show today? We have seven minutes left. Or you want to touch that scripture? Pastor Chris? Okay. Well, it looks like uh, I don't know what's going on today, but if I was the enemy, I would I would come against this conversation as well. We've had a a great conversation today about serving time with our loved ones and our family members who are incarcerated. I believe that we've done um, very well with this subject. I believe that the scripture that we just touched on in Psalm 61, verse 2, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher mm. than I. And Amen. I say unto you, keep Repeat that scripture. Say it over and over. Don't be ashamed. Don't be. Uh, don't don't make any mistakes about God hearing your prayers. You may not feel anything. Faith is not about feeling. Faith is about 
believing. Faith is mm-hmm. not about a feeling. Faith in God is about believing. What did you say, Sister Jean? I think that was your, the other minister. Oh, what you say, Sister Roberta? I just said amen. I'm bearing witness. Amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Pastor Chris, are you there? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. <laughs> you have any announcements? You want to touch that scripture today? We want to include you if you have anything you want to say. Uh, yeah, uh, I won't touch on the uh, announcements too much uh, because we don't have a lot of time left. Uh, but yeah, Psalm 61 is a very powerful uh, scripture uh, because we have to understand that even in the uh, hardest of times, God is always going to be there. And a lot of times we put God on the back burner because we feel that we might know more or because we've uh, applied some biblical aptitude in our life, we feel that we can do things uh, greater than our Savior and our Lord. But when it comes to pain, when it comes to testing our heart, when it comes to the things that this world brings, death, uh, incarcerations, uh, separations, uh, those things uh, can bring a toll uh, on a human being, especially this flesh. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and if you don't, if you put religion on the shelf and you put relationship in your life, I guarantee you, the more you walk in this life, whether you go through pain, whether you're torn, torn apart, whether you go through the losing everything you got, death, all of that, you will bring joy to the fact that one you know that in this life we're going to go through some persecution because of who we are in Christ Jesus because we are his children the devil's going to do everything he possibly can especially in this season to deter distract derail put all of these uh suicidal thoughts in your head even in with men and women God too. He's going to try to do everything he possibly can to derail your purpose and your destiny. So it's now more than ever, ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray more. We need to study more. And we need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, not the religion, the relationship with Jesus Christ more now more than ever so we can be a powerful testimony. We can be a powerful tool to our loved ones. We can have the joy of the Lord in spite of everything that's going on. We can have the happiness and peace of God, even with all the circumstances and the turmoil going around us. We can be a living and true epistle of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I digress. It's not my show. So, Mr. Lorraine, back to you. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Chris. Uh, We just are thankful to God for those of you who are listening on today, we want to introduce uh, our show for next week. Of course, we will have our staple back, Sister Roberta Jones, but we will also have Pastor Jean Homer, who's on, on the show with us uh, today. Uh, we will be dealing with offenses on next week, how we can be offended, how we can offend others. I'll leave you um, the last uh, thing I'll say. Uh, Sister Jean, uh, I was sharing with her to go how I had been offended. And Sister Jean immediately went into ministry mode and put me in my place. And I'm thankful to God for people who don't sugarcoat the gospel. 
who don't uh, tiptoe around the tulips when it comes to the truth, because we know that it is the truth that makes us free. Sister Jean told me, she said, Sister Lorraine, if you can be offended, there's something in you that can offend. So on next week, come back and uh, please hear our show about being offended and how we have the ability in us to offend others. Thank you so much, Pastor Jean. Thank you, Sister Roberta. Sister Rosalind, if you're still listening, thank you for coming on today and uh, sharing with us about serving time as uh, two. Uh, you can get that book. Uh, Sister Rosalind wrote it. Google it, Serving Time 2, T-O-O. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for your time. Thank you, Sister Roberta. Thank you, Pastor Jean. God bless you. See you next Saturday on Saturday's Buffet. God bless. TPV Radio, Central Texas. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.